Welcome to the Inflow Experience Podcast, the only podcast where you'll hear from contact center and customer experience experts about their roles, their lives, and everything in between. I'm Austin Culp, Manager of Customer Success at Inflow CX. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Jennifer. How's it going? It's going great, Austin. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. I appreciate you taking the time and hanging out with me for a little bit today. Excited, excited for the conversation. Always look forward to a conversation with you guys. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Well, awesome. So Jennifer, you know, I really, again, really looking forward to the conversation today. I always start these out. If you have not been able to tell yet by uh, asking everyone an icebreaker question. And that question is, tell us about, you know, what was your first job? You know, uh, not only what was it, but what do you think you learned from it that you carry with you today? Yeah. Um, so my first job was actually working in a call center. It was the 80s. Um, they still were just call centers at the time. Um, and um, yeah, I was a young teenager and I don't know how, but my first job ended up translating into a career. So um, it's been a lot of fun, but I always appreciate the fact that I can still put myself like in the seat and remember what it was like, even though it's much different now with technology. Um, but I think those lessons that I learned back then have definitely helped me along the way. That is so cool. And, you know, I think, I think I might be wrong, but I think first time having a former actual contact center agent on our podcast. So congratulations. I and, and thank that you. With, with a level of distinction. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I'm sure you did stuff in between, but, you know, VP of, of product marketing at Playbox now, which is great. Um, can you tell us, you know, two minutes about, you know, your role and uh, what you do for Playbox and, and, and how you help, you know, customers or, or folks just understand? Sure, absolutely. So I joined Playbox about a year and a half ago um, and have built out a really awesome team here of not only product marketers, but product communications team. So my team owns um, kind of bringing our products a voice and, and giving them a personality so that people want to learn more about them. And if they read a little bit, they want to read a little bit more. Um, yeah. So it, it's been um, a very interesting time to be a part of the company because the evolution has been amazing. Um, I joined thinking I was coming on board with a, a quality management type of company and was um, very quickly told we were acquiring a WFM company and we were becoming <laughs> workforce engagement management. So um, I couldn't have picked a better, more exciting time to join the team. <laughs> That is awesome. I I love that growth. You know, it's what's funny is something something similar happened to me. You know, I started at Inflow in, gosh, May of of um, of twenty twenty one, and very very shortly after, we we made it a really cool strategic acquisition of Epic Connections. Um, so very similar. It's it's so fun. You get into something and they're like, hey, guess what? More growth is going to happen, and you're like. <laughs> Awesome. Like, I did hey. not know that when I signed up, but I'm, I'm glad I'm here now. I was excited before and we're excited now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cool. So, you know, you've been, you've been in this space, um, for, 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 for some time, which is great. Um, over the last, you know, I think let's just keep it at three to five years because it's, it's way changed. We could talk about how it's changed since the eighties, yeah. but that would be, that would be a much longer podcast than I, than I think people will, will pay attention to. Um, but in the last, you know, probably three to five years, what do you think are some key changes or, um, you know, what's Playbox seen in, in the market in terms of, you know, WFM, WFO, WEM technology? How is it, how's it different now? Yeah, sure. So I think just going back that three to five year span, um, it is so much different. I think that there has been, you know, obviously we'll touch upon the the pandemic and what that's meant for everyone as a catalyst for change. But 
I think really even before we got to the pandemic itself, we were seeing all these plans on on how do we become more digital? How do we become more cloud? Like what, let's not just use these as buzzwords in a, you know, a long-term plan for the company, but what can we really do? And then, you know, the best laid plans, the pandemic hits and it was like, okay, let's take a three to five year plan and make it happen in three to five days. Um, and that <laughs> really changed um, the direction of, of how, we not only had to operate as businesses, um, how we had to support our customers, but also had we, how we had to support our own employees. Um, so I think it really made um, almost every organization across the globe rethink how they were doing business and, and how they should be doing business. So um, it was an awesome catalyst. It's probably not something anyone would ever ask to have happen again. Um, but sure. I think that we are, from a technology perspective in our industry, probably 10 years ahead of where we would have been had it not been the pandemic. So toughest time for most people um, to, you know, kind of live through and survive. But I think from um, an industry perspective, I think it fast tracked us to have really um, more strength and power in how our companies are going to be able to grow. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. You know, I think that that digital transformation in cloud was on the horizon, right? And uh, a lot of the events that had happened today that we can, we can certainly get into here uh, just said, hey, you thought the horizon was, you know, going to take a few years to get to, but you're right. Uh, it's it's going to take a few days to get to instead. Um, I, I completely agree with that. Has any, have, have uh, outside of, you know, COVID-19 and, and the pandemic and remote work and all that, are you, I'm sure that, you know, there's an element of like the great resignation and, and just the labor market and things like that in general that you guys are um, are really having an impact on. Can you can you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, it's actually something I, I've been talking about a lot lately. I have a webinar coming up in June that I'm going to be, re be presenting on it. Um, but I think that what we've seen is that employees realize that they have much more choice in how they mm -hmm. want to work, where they want to work, what type of work they want to do. And when you give someone choice, it means that they're going to shop more. They're not going to just walk into a store and pick up the first shirt on a the rack. They're going to look for the shirt that they think complements them the best. Um, so I think what it's meant is that um, before, if you, if you as a business were hiring, you'd put out a you know, help wanted ad and, and you get people to apply and you'd offer them the job and they'd take the job. Um, now they're looking for a job. They might see your help wanted ad. They might look at you. They might interview with you, but they're also going to say, oh, okay, well, if this is what they're going to do for me, let me look at their competitor and see what their competitor is going to do for me. Will it be better? Um, and I, I don't think that we've seen that in, at least in this amplified way before. So um, having our employees become shoppers in the process instead of just a buyer of a job offer um, has really changed how as employers we have to um, rethink the way that we engage with our employees. So um, the, the title of my webinar that I'm doing is, is flipping the script. Like how are we turning the great okay. resignation into the great retention? And I think that we have to really start thinking about it that way. If we focus on that negative, that resignation piece of it, it's going to happen. It's happened before. I mean, I think we've all lived in the contact center world where we expect an average of like 30 to 45%, I think is what QHC yeah. quotes. Um, but I think that if we start focusing on what we as companies can do to maintain our employees and what we can do in order to create an environment where they not only want to accept the job, but they want to grow within your organization, then we're focusing on the right things. And we're not focusing on the negatives that come um, from, you know, just focusing on that turnover. 
Yeah, it's it's important. You know, I think I think you you hit the nail on the head. If if somebody, you know, whether they are a contact center agent or any type of employee really, but especially contact center agent feels like they're getting everything they need and and more, right, from their from their role, they're not going to be as tempted to go look at that second shirt, right? right to, to go back to now. And so um I mean, how is Playvox, you know, handling that? Do you have any any recent uh, success stories or just general ones you can you can think of? I mean, I think our company in general, I see as a success story. I mean, in the time since I've joined, which I joined in December of 2020, we've more than doubled in size. Um, and wow. it, if you're dealing with high turnover rates while you're trying to grow that way, it'll never happen. Um, and for us, it's really making sure that we're not only setting ourselves up to provide those types of benefits and resources that employees want, but we're being very thoughtful at finding the right people. I think that um, you can almost, at least mostly to a certain extent, teach anyone how to do the job that you're hiring them for, but you can't teach them how to be the right person to do that job and to fit in with your culture and to make sure that they're amplifying the good within your organization. So I think um, just by having a really great um, kind of focus on who are the people who can take Playbox to the next level. It's allowed us to really be thoughtful and gain really great strength in how we're moving forward. Um, but within our company, like the products that we provide to organizations, I think helps do that um, for the companies that we work with. Um, when when you're a call center agent and you're joining in, you feel like sort of a commodity or a widget. Like you get your schedule and it's like all these little chunks of time yeah. and, you know, they, they see where, what you should be doing at every moment. And that's overwhelming and that can really lead to burnout. Um, but when they're taking into account, like, what is your preferred schedule? What are the work types that you excel at so that they can give you work that really is going to allow you to shine when they're providing you with feedback on your interactions and helping coach and develop you to grow you within your role, I think you as an agent then see your company differently. So those products that we provide are really to create the best employees so that they can deliver the most exceptional interactions to your customers. And that's ultimately the goal for everyone. Like, I mean, no company starts without saying we want to make money. Like that's just what everybody yeah. wants to do. <laughs> but it's how you make the money that I think really says a lot. And, and if it's by investing in your team so that they can then invest in the long-term strategy of customer retention and creating bragworthy moments within those customer yeah. interactions, then I think you're, you've got a winning and solid strategy. So Playbox, you know, that's kind of what we're trying to do for all the organizations that we work with. Awesome. No, very cool. And that, and that's good. That's exactly um, what I, what I wanted to hear, right? Like when I wanted to, the audience to really understand, Hey, here's how we fit and here's how we, how we help people out with that. So I think that's great, you know, and, and you work with a lot of contact centers, obviously. Um, can you, can you give us any, any insights into what maybe some of the really successful ones are, are doing, um, whether it's, you know, specific to your product line or even just in general processes, procedures that, that they've implemented that you think, you know, with this changing world have been really innovative and, and helpful in whether it be retention, employee satisfaction, employee empowerment, anything like that. So I think first and foremost, like you mentioned, like if we started talking about what contact centers were like in the 80s call centers, um, <laughs> and the technology we didn't have, um, I always take for granted, like there's such great technology out there to support all of these businesses. But I am really probably not surprised, but still intrigued by how many companies are still trying to use um 
manual tools to make their organization. Yeah, that's the way they, that's the way they've always done it. That's exactly what I was going to say is um, we talk about being, you know, you're right. We talk about, oh yeah, you know, how it was in the eighties and some, some audience Still members are like, well, wait a second. That's how we are right now. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, we're not manually tallying tick sheets anymore, probably at the end of a shift, but uh, pretty close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that there's still so many organizations that have made things work, but making it work for you and making your technology work to complement your business are, are two different things. So um, I still see many organizations coming to us saying like, we're still scheduling in spreadsheets. Um, we're doing quality evaluations on paper. Well, how do you find trends and how do you figure out what you should coach on? And they're like, well, we hope that someone writes down, you know, some feedback at the bottom of that piece of paper. And then that's what we go and talk to the agent about. And it's like, oh, wow, let let us amplify that. How can we take that to the next level? So for many companies, and, it, and it's regardless of size, like, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, that's like a small, you know, 30, 50, 100 person. It's like, no, I've seen yeah. hundreds of employees and they're still doing it this way. And, and it's not that it's wrong. It's just not the best. So let's figure out the best way to do things. Let's work smarter, not harder. Um, and Playbox tools really allow that to to um, show the, the organization at its best. And, and again, by having those tools, it not only makes you more cost effective, you know, people always say, oh, well, that means I can decrease the amount of staff it takes to do this. And it's like, well, yeah, probably you could, but do you want to? Um, so instead of decreasing the number of people that are doing quality evaluations, do you maybe want to then use them to do their human side of their work and coach your agents and develop them to become not only top tier agents or maybe move up from like a level two support to a level one support type agent, but then also create career pathing. Like how do you grow that job that they applied for into becoming a career that they can have with your organization? Like when I got my first job in a call center, I never said like, oh, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. It's what I've done for the past right. 30 years. Like um, it's yeah. my career, it's the career that chose me, I always tease. But, um, but that type of employee investment of them investing back in you because they see the investment you're making in them can just have like a return of tenfold. Um, they're going to have all of that knowledge of what has worked and what hasn't. Like I, I look back at, at a consulting company that I worked for for a lot of years. And, and I remember, you know, our owner saying like, wait a second, that's a really great idea, but hold on a second. Have we tried that before? And I'm like, yeah, remember when we failed fabulously? And she's like, oh, right. So we're not going to do that. I was like, no, 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 we can do it again, but we're going to do it differently. <laughs> like they have yeah. all of those stories of like why things were successful and why they weren't. And they see it from a different perspective of how to make it work differently. So I think, you know, using it in a way that grows them within your organization um, just is a benefit to everyone involved. That's really, really great. I think that, you know, you're absolutely right. It's not necessarily about saving money or, or cutting costs or, or anything like that, but you know, the efficiencies gained, I'm sure, you know, you can quantify some of them, but some of the things you just mentioned are, are just intangible, right? It's yeah. like, look, you know, you're going to empower people to stick around with you. And who knows that agent that, you know, just got through training or who you just interviewed and, and, and you're going to hire, 
in 10, 15 years could be, you know, running your contact center right. and right. Exactly. They can see that. And then you, then you create that. Right. So I think, no, I think that's really great, really powerful. And I think that like, when we look at, um, you know, you, you threw out a lot, a lot of terms, like we have, we have lots of acronyms in our industry, um, but like <laughs> oh, workforce <yeah>. optimization <laughs> and workforce engagement management are very interchangeable terms that you can use. But, but when they were coined, they had very specific intent behind them. So like when Gartner termed, uh, workforce optimization. Um, the whole point of it was to create operational efficiency within your business. And that's great. Like you want to be able to maximize the amount of work or the type of work that's being done so that you can take advantage of not having to hire as many people. The whole reason why we use workforce management tools is so that yeah. we know how many people we need on the floor at any given time to, to service the work that's being done. But no employee ever came in and said, I want to be operationally efficient. Like that's not our goal in life. <laughs> so Gartner seeing that trend and seeing that movement towards even like, you know, if, if this term would have come up post pandemic, I would have been like, oh, that totally makes sense. They were really smart at saying back in 2016, workforce engagement management is really about creating an environment that builds on the agent experience so that they can deliver those next experiences to your customers. Um, so you know, when I joined Playbox, we had that moment of like going from a quality management company to becoming um, a workforce optimization or workforce engagement management company. And we said, okay, well, which term do we use? You know, you always have to like put your stake in the ground. Who are we? Yeah. And we said, we're workforce engagement management because that aligns so much to the DNA of Playbox. Like who we are as people and a company together, um, you know, I'm sure you've heard Playboxers quote um, our core values. Like we, it's our ABCs of Playbox, you know, always be learning, be a good human, do it now, change is good, enjoy the little things. Like these are things that are part of our normal conversation every day. And because it's part of who we are, it's part of what we extend to our partners and our customers that we work with. So workforce engagement management felt like a really great alignment to what we were trying to help our customers achieve for their businesses. Yeah, no, that's, that's so awesome. And it's, it's really powerful when your, you know, core values and mission and just purpose as a company uh, are relatable so much to, to what you do. And you want, you know, you want to not necessarily push that as maybe not the right way to say it, but you want your customers to experience that too, right? Yeah, we one of ours, for, instance, for sure. That, yeah. One of ours, for instance, that, uh, that I think aligns really well with yours is to create exceptional experiences with every interaction, yep. right? Whether it's a customer or a partner like Playbox or, you know, a prospect or anybody. Um, that's what we try to do every time we interact with someone at, at Inflow CX. And hey, we want our our uh, co our contacts and our customers to be doing the same with their customers. But I think that's why our two companies work so well together is because <laughs> we are really like mentally aligned in how we want to do business and and the way that we want to operate. Like I I want to be seen as a trusted advisor for the people that I work with and not just someone who's selling them a tool as an ends to a means, like a means to an ends. Like we have Absolutely. to, we have to feel good about the work that we get to do. And, and when we get to do it with people that we really like and we feel aligned with, I think it makes the day even better. Yeah. Look, you know, I, I say all the time, anyone can, can sell a tool um, or, you know, get credit for selling a tool, <laughs> but what, what, what else are you doing for, to, you know, to help the customer make sure that they're optimizing that, right? Yeah. How are, are they going to buy it and then just go, Hey, great. This is something that sits on the shelf and collects dust. And, you know, I can't really, I don't really know how to how to work it or, you know, get the most out of it um, and ultimately go back to the way they're doing things. It's worst case scenario. Right. So I think that 
you've got to work with somebody who's not only, you know, going to say, hey, this would be a good fit for you, but will help make sure that either A, you are, or B, they're helping you uh, optimize that and, and gain all the efficiencies and do all the cool things that it can can do for you. And I think that's where we really look at working with our customers as a partnership, because we don't just extend a tool to them, onboard them, give them some training, and then say, fly. Um, we, yeah. we, we align them with a customer success manager who, on a regular basis, is just talking about, like, how is your business changing? How is our product impacting your business? What can we do to help it have a stronger impact? How can we help you take advantage of all the new things that we're doing within our product suite? And I think that type of ongoing relationship is what changes the dynamic. It's, you know... A, a salesperson, like, you know, I buy my car, I, I drive off the lot, and I probably will never <laughs> see that guy again. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> when I bought my last car, I had my salesperson follow up with me before my first oil change to make sure that I was like taking it in and getting it serviced and taking care of it. And I thought, why does this guy care? Like, he's not making more money off of me. But he did, because when my mom was ready to buy a car, I sent my mom to him. And I said, this is going to be the guy that's going to take good care of you. So he set up that partnership between us and that you wow. know, really paid off. And I hope he's still there at some point in time when I buy my new next car. Um, yeah, but, right. but that's not the norm. And I think that we have to stop accepting the old way of doing business is the way we should do business. I think that we get to kind of write our own stories and, and how we want to interact with each other and, and with all of the people in our industry. Um, and we want to be seen as being really strong advocates for what our products can bring to our customers. But I think that other than just saying it, we want to be able to prove it and show them the value long-term. Yeah, that's awesome. So two firsts now on this podcast, first contacts in our agent and first good guy car salesperson no, story. Know, right? That is, that's great. So cool. Jennifer, we talked about a lot of great stuff today, a lot of good insights. Um, just one more, one more question for you before we wrap up here. Um, you know, we've talked about where this technology was and, and where it's at today, but in the next heck, maybe, maybe one year is even too hard to tell, but one to three to, to five ish years, um, what do you see the next advancements and, and enhancements being? So I think it'll be more of, I won't say the same, but the things that we've been talking about for so long. So artificial intelligence, machine learning, like these are all things that are infused into our products today. But I think the continuation of that story is really where we're going to be able to take, at least from my perspective, our products to the next level in supporting ongoing business um, with our customers and our prospects. So I see, um, you know, there, there's always these pictures of like the robot walking hand in hand with the person. And I, I think that's true. Our technology has to work with us instead of us working for it or against it, which is sometimes how it feels on a daily basis. Um, yeah. So I, I really feel like it over the definitely the next year, but even beyond that, that's more of what I believe we'll hear a lot about is how is artificial intelligence and machine learning creating smarter ways of being able to do business and being more effective. So again, not efficient, like we're, we're really good, I think, at being efficient as where we can, um, but how can we be more effective at creating the right types of engagements at the right moment and meeting our customers where they expect us to be? And by our customers, I mean Playbox customers, their patrons, like how can we help them meet yeah. their customers where they want them to be and not feel like they have to work hard at getting to the right person or the right information? Um, you know, if, if they do a search on your website, 
have that connect you simultaneously to the right person to handle that issue or serve you up the right article. So I think that we're going to see more and more of that as we move forward. I, I, com- I agree completely. No, that is, that is so great. Well, Jennifer, it was awesome to have you on. Thank you so much. I know your time is valuable and we really appreciate the partnership and appreciate you, you know, spending the time to, to talk with us about all of this. I'm excited about what we're going to get to do together. So thanks so much for having me on today. Awesome. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Inflow Experience Podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to hear more, consider subscribing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or any other major podcast platform. Thank you.